Welcome to the Church of Philadelphia podcast. Get ready for this message to ignite your faith as the power and love of God is shared through his word. Amen. All right, so y'all know regardless of your age, your weight, or your flexibility, you all get to be gymnasts with me. Come on, we're going to flip to the book of John, book St. John, John chapter number 13, Atlanta, perfect 10 on verse number, uh, uh, we're going to start at verse number 18. So John chapter number 13, starting at verse number 18, when you have to say amen. Listen, if you can indulge in me, but honor God, let's stand for the reading of God's holy word. Amen. I'm going to read just down to verse number 20. I'm going to let you grab your seats because I got a little ways to go, right? So John chapter number 13, starting at verse number 18. Here begins the reading of God's holy words. It says, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth bread with me have lifted up his heel against me. Now, I tell you before it come that when it has come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. You can be seated in the presence of our living God. Amen. Got a ways to go, and I'm going to try to work down uh, from 18 to 35. Amen. So that we have an understanding uh, of what is actually taking place in scripture. Amen. And so we find ourselves here in the book of uh, John, right? And um, this 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 book of John is written by the apostle John, or or the disciple, who one of the ones that was in the inner twelve or the inner three per se. This particular John, the same John who wrote those books that bear his name, first and second, third John, and the one who also wrote the book of Revelation, the, you know, known as the Revelator. Amen. And so what we understand through scripture that the scripture describes him as the disciple whom Jesus loved, right? And so when you think about this we, when we look into his background we understand he's the brother of james right uh the son of zebedee uh, his mother salome uh so understand brought up and we believe brought up in a christian household uh owned his own business with his father this fishing business very successful business uh, uh but actually was called while he was a successful businessman but decided to give up everything forsake all of that to follow christ right and so I think it's befitting when you talk about the book of John, right? When we're talking about this particular apostle, you know, as we introduce this brand new sermon series, right? Uh, uh, this 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 brand new sermon series, we're talking about standing in love, right? I think it's befitting that 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 John, we open up in John. The father, the, the dirty Air Forces, huh? Huh? <laughs> huh? Caught me off guard. Uh, <laughs> standing in love, right? Give credit to Dean. Shout out to Dietrich Hatton. Amen. There's a song that he sung talked about standing in love. And I was listening to the song. And this is how the concept came about. God began to minister to me about this thing. Because, you know, most of us, uh, the, what he's speaking about, he's speaking about relationship. And, and, the, and, 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 and the context of this particular sermon series, we'll be talking about relationship as well, right? But in, in, in essence, he's talking about, you know, how he's falling in love and how, how things are just not right, how relationships, you know, different people want different things out of relationships. And so when you go in a romantic manner that is to be in a relationship, how people have differences of opinions, different wants, needs, and desires pertaining to the relationship, the relationship does not work out. And so, you know, it, it, hence he's, he's falling in love, messing this thing up per se, right? And so as I was looking at this thing, God began to let me see it from a different angle, how, you know, again, when we speak about relationship, most of us, we, we find ourselves falling in love, you know, whether it be you're looking uh, to have a romantic relationship, 
or whether it's just relationship with your siblings, your parents, those that you, you, you have ministry with, those that uh, you fellowship with. When you think about it, love is geared for us to have relationship, right? And most of us, if we're being honest, if we're being honest, we don't know how to do relationships well, right? We don't know how to do relationships well. And when you think about the church of Philadelphia, right? The church of Philadelphia, meaning the church of brotherly love, right? Again, here we coming back, God is bringing us back to this love component again. Why? Because the truth of the matter is we keep failing at love, right? So hence, falling in love, let's, let's, let's go failing. We keep failing at love, right? We have all kinds of reasons why we feel we can't have relationship with people. And mind you, you're a believer, you're a Christian, so you say, right? And, and, and when you look at our foundational scripture of this particular uh, sermon series, it comes from John in the same passage that I'll be dealing with. It comes from John chapter 13, verses number 34 and 35, right? And so the foundational scripture talks about this right here. It says, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another, right? And so what is going to separate or set us apart is by the way we love one another. The believers, the disciples, the students of Christ, uh, the learners of Christ, those that follow Christ, that's the thing that is going to separate us. That's the thing that is going to cause us to be known by the way we love one another, right? And so, again, when you talk about this relationship piece, we we have came up with different reasons and different conclusions inside of our mind to make us, you know, uh, come to the point where we say it's okay that we can be in relationship with who we want to be in relationship as a believer. And it's not the case. Right. Because if 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 you and I are following, like Paul says, to follow me as I follow Christ, if we are followers of Christ, Christians, uh, not a Christian, because nowadays everybody is a Christian. Right. But a Christian, meaning I. I am following Christ. I live my life. My life is governed according by the words of Christ, right? So I, I, I'm not just following any, any old Jesus, right? No Jesus, none of that stuff right there, but I'm following Jesus, the lamb that was slain, Jesus, the son of man, Jesus, the son of God. That's the one that I'm talking about, the one that stretched out his arms on the cross for us, that one, that one right there, the lamb, but who's also the lion of the tribe of Judah. I'm talking about that one right there, the prince of peace, him. I'm talking about that one right there. So if we're followers of that Christ, that's not his nature to, 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 to basically deal with people belong with him with spoons from afar, deal with them when you want to deal with them, all of these different things. And what I understand when people come up with all of these different reasons and conclusions uh, that, that satisfies them to say, hey, well, I, I don't got the love for, like, I ain't got to deal with them. No, it's a lie from the pit of hell. The, the source of where that type of language is coming from, it is coming from an unhealed place within your heart. Oh, yeah, it's coming from you not being healed. You're not healed. Because if you were here, I don't care what a person has done to you. Because, listen, you could say somebody violated you. I have been violated in a sense I was touched. 
And I didn't give a person permission to touch me back in the day. But but if, if I can come to the place where I've forgiven them, I still deal with them. And the truth be told, it was a family member. Uh, you, you understand what I'm saying? And if we're really being honest about it, and if we want to get deep about it, because I don't care what you think, I'm so delivered. It was a male family member that touched me. But thanks be unto God for the mercy and the grace of God, I forgave him and I deal with him and I love on him and I speak to him and I've embraced him multiple times. And if he called and had a need, you know what? It's not, I don't let it go to voicemail. I don't send it to voicemail either. I don't disregard it. I answer. Now, now, because I'm, I'm trying to give an understanding. I understand there's something uh, of forgiveness to say about forgiveness, but then there's also something to say about trust. Because I know some of you talk about that right there. Now, there is a difference between forgiveness and trust. You understand? So I understand if you've been violated in that sense or violated in any form, a person is trying to regain or earn your trust all over again. Right. But the truth be told, while most of them are trying to regain or re-earn your trust, the truth of the matter is most of you have not forgiven people for how or, or what they did to violate you. And so you still occupy that space, that place of hurt and pain and unforgiveness and bitterness, thereby allowing you to come to the conclusion or have reasons within yourself or these imaginations within yourself or why you don't have to deal with people. And it's not the nature and it's not the character of Christ. And again, I point back to the point I was making. If you are a Christian and you're following Christ, that, that means you're supposed to act in the manner that he acts, right? His character and his nature must be on display through you as a believer. That's my point I'm trying to get. To. I said all of that to say. If you're a follower of Christ, the nature of Christ and the character of Christ must be on display through you. Mm. Now, uh, uh, so, so, so we, can, we can balance this thing. I understand you and I with our foul selves, right? Prone to flesh, uh, can mess it up at any time. Matter of fact, we do mess it up a whole lot of times throughout the course of a day, right? But, but, but because of the nature of who God is and the character that God displays towards us, right? When I think about the scripture talks about while we were yet the enemies of God, God still loved us. Matter of fact, we love him because he loved us first. He loved us first, right? He loved us while we were enemies, right? Do you see the nature and the character God on display in regards to us, right? When you think about all the times you told God yes, uh, and you lie, when you think about all the times you told God, I'm not going to do it no anymore, and you lie, when you think about all the times you broke God's heart, and, 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 and God still <coughs> desires you, reaches out for you, wants you. He does not deal with you with, 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 with the long wooden handle spoon. You understand? God still allows us to come close. And I get it. I hear it. I hear it in the spirit. Well, I'm not God. We know you're not God. We know you're not God. We know you're not God. But you're supposed to be like God because you were created in the image of God. And, the, and you have the very likeness of God. You have the capacity to love like God loves. You just choose not to. Right. Oh, so we're going somewhere. We're saying stop falling in love. In other words, when we're saying stop falling in love, stop failing at this love component that 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 you got to love the way Christ said you're supposed to love, because this is how you're going to be known based on how you love and how you love the other believers. Right. 
So when we talk about John, as we said, he, he was the youngest out of the 12 disciples, right? Uh, the baby brother to James, right? A successful businessman who had his business, but left his business in order to follow Jesus Christ. I'm talking about while he was out there tending his nets, Christ called him and he left and forsake all of that to follow Christ, to become a student, a disciple of Jesus the Christ. You know, not, not only was he the youngest of the 12, right, but he was also one, a, a, a part of the intimate circle, you know, that three, one of the three that Jesus would tend to call when he would go, and he would call Peter, James, and John. So he was one of the three. But, but let's take it a step further because he was disciple whom Christ loved. There was yet more intimacy between him and Christ because when you think about it, when they sat at the table, which we call the Last Supper, right? He sat next to Christ. It was him who leaned his head in the bosom of Christ. In other words, laid his head on his chest. You can't get more close than that. You can't be more intimate than that when you talk about a man with another man, right? So he laid his chest. He was not afraid to lay his chest in the head or, 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 or lay his head, I said, uh, uh, in the chest of another man. That's intimacy right there. But that's closeness right there. So, so when you think about that, it shows us it's befitting that, that John has the ability and the right to speak about love in the context and how he, he describes this love component. Right. So when we come down to verse number 18, uh, uh, after all these things that are beginning to happen, as Christ is telling them what's getting ready to happen after he's washed the disciples feet and things of that nature right there. Peter, as this discord are talking about, no, don't wash my feet. He said this, unless I wash your feet, you will not be clean. Right. And so after all that happens, we find ourselves uh, jumping on verse number 18. And it says, I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled, uh, that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that took me on my verse, Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, he that eat bread with me have lifted up his heel against me, right? Verse 18. So he said, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. When, when you think about this right here, what Christ is actually speaking about, what he's speaking about to the disciples, he's letting them know, listen, this word not in the, in the Greek is talking about indirect questions, right? Uh, expecting an affirmative answer. You know, I, I'm not looking for an answer from you. There's nothing that you have to answer, right? It, there's nothing in question is what Christ is saying because I know who I've chosen. I'm not questioning who I've chosen. You 12, this is not my coincidence. It's by divine purpose that I've chosen the 12 of you right there. Knowing that one of you is going to actually betray me, right? And so that he said, listen, there is nothing for me to question. I understand who was around me. I understand who was in the midst of me. And I understand what is going to happen by you being in my company for the three and a half years. I understand what is going to take place when it's my time to get ready to get up out of here. I'm not confused about that. I'm not going to question it. I understand who you are. I know who you are. It's called KYP. Know your personnel. I know who I'm dealing with. I know what's going to happen. Matter of fact, when you go past the scriptures that we're talking about, he begins to talk to Peter about his denial as well as his betrayal. So he understands who he's dealing with, right? So he said, I speak not of you all. I know whom I have chosen. 
but but that, that but the description made me feel he that eat bread with me have lifted up his shield against me right and when you come into the context of this he has lifted up his heel against me it is talking about the strikeout or in the sense of to trip an individual try to 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 trip an individual oh and, 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 and this is what christ is saying somebody's gonna try to trip me up but 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 you got to understand i already know what is going to happen i'm very much aware of what's going to take place because the bible says right here in verse number 18 but that the scripture may be fulfilled so this is happening that the scripture may be fulfilled the prophets already talked about how he was going to be betrayed by one so all this must take place that the scripture may be fulfilled right it says now i tell you before it come that when it is come to pass you may believe i am he now, I'll tell you before it comes. So before these things happen, right? When it is going to actually happen, that you may believe. I'm telling you before it actually happens, that you will believe that I am he. All this time that you've been around me, you call me master, you call me Lord, you call me rabbi. Uh, uh, but I, I want to make sure you understand. I'm going to talk to you. Uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you things that are forthcoming so you'll know that I am he. Right. And he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. This thing is true. What I'm saying to you, verily, verily. Amen. Amen. Or is true is true. What I'm saying to you, he that receiveth whomsoever I send. So whoever I send. He's letting them know uh -uh, there's going to be a point where I'm going to send you. So whoever I send, they're receiving me. So when they receive you, disciples, they're actually receiving me. So you're going, they're receiving me. And he that receiveth me, receive him that sent me. So when they receive you, they're receiving me. And as they receive me, they're receiving my father. This is when Jesus had thus said he was troubled in his spirit, right? And testified and said, verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Now, let's, let's, let's get a little bit more detail as what Jesus is saying, right? We, he just told us that the scripture said this must be fulfilled. And, and after he's saying, okay, how you're going to be received. And when they receive you, they receive me. And as they receive me, they receive my father. After saying this. Bible lets us know that Jesus was troubled in his spirit. Something bothered him. Something unsettled him on the inside. Hmm. Uh, the reality of what he knows. We come to that juncture in time. The reality of what I've known that is going to actually take place. Uh, the forthcoming that I'm talking about. We're in the moment now. Troubled him in his spirit. And the Bible lets us know that he testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. One of you shall betray me. Now, it's not as if he's just casually throwing this out there. He's saying it in a manner that, that as they hear this, they take regard to what has been spoken to them. So much so, in verse number 22, it says, Then the disciples looked at one another, doubting of whom he spake, right? And, and this word doubting in the Greek is talking about uh, to be left wanting, right? Uh, they, they, they was wanting to understand, wanting to know, wanting to understand and know what the answer is. Who is it that is going to betray you, right? 
Another definition talks about not to know how to decide or what to do. So not knowing what to do, because just hold up, like out of the 12 of us, any one of us could actually be the one that is going to betray you. Because it's not as if you, 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 you put distinction on or a difference between the ones who would not versus the one who would. You said one of you, you just let, 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 let it be. I'm including all 12 of you. Not, not one of you 12 shall be excluded from this. Just know that one of you are going to betray me. And it says, now there was leaning on Jesus' bosom one of his disciples whom Jesus loved. John, climbing, at ease, comfortable, leaning on the chest of Jesus. Now, what I want you to see about this, right, we say, there is a closeness, there is an intimacy that is on display by John, you know, leaning his, 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 his head in the chest of Jesus or leaning on the bosom of Christ. There was an intimacy, a closeness that is on display, right? This type of intimacy, this type of closeness uh, uh, allows you access. Mm. You follow what I'm saying? This type of intimacy, this type of closeness will allow you access uh, to, to pertinent information. Oh, you know how we say it's, it's on a need to know basis. It's, it's, it's on a need to know basis. Everybody doesn't know. In other words, what I tell my wife because of who she is to me, because of the closeness and the intimacy that we have with one another, everybody's not privileged to the information that my wife is privy to. Because there was a whole nother level of intimacy, a whole nother level of closeness. Uh, you understand? A whole nother level of understanding, right? And so what I want you to understand, right, because he's the disciple that Jesus loved, right? There is this whole another level of closeness and intimacy that, that provides him the privilege to have access to pertinent information, right? Get this. In 24, the Bible says, Simon Peter, therefore, beckoned to him that he should ask who it should be of whom he spake. Peter, the one whom the church would be founded upon, built upon, who would become the apostles to the Jews. We understand Paul was the apostle to the Gentiles, right? Uh, Peter, this is the one whom he said, the church, I'm going to build the church upon this rock, you. Peter, a prominent figure in, in Jewish history, culture, a prominent figure when it comes to the church. The apostles, the disciples, a prominent figure, right? But yet still do not have the level of intimacy or closeness that John had, the youngest had, the baby boy out of all the 12 had. That was the closest that he had. He was able to get right up next to Jesus and put his head in his chest. But, but I tell you, Peter had good sense. Peter understood. Listen, I can't necessarily get to that information, but I can get to you, John, 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 John. Do you know somebody? And can you relate? Well, well you knew somebody had an access that you didn't have. But yet, if I'm going to get to, 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 to this access, listen, I got to get to the one that has the access, right? And, and he said, listen, 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 John. Oh, actually, who it is? 
listen, Axel, are you close? Hey, hey, Axel, what is it called? I, that Peter pulled the move I would have pulled. I, I got to know. I got to understand. You can't just leave me hanging out here with the one of y'all are going to betray me. You just left us out here hanging on a cliff. What is happening right now? You just you just threw that out there and just, just what? John, hey, Axel, who is it? He then lying on Jesus' breast said unto him, Lord, who is it? <laughs> uh, this is what intimacy, see, because you're intimate, because you're close, you can ask questions like this and, and expect to get an answer. Remember, remember, remember first, you know, early in the scriptures, the disciples were left doubting, left wanting to know an answer. But because of this level of closeness that John has, John would not be left doubting. Uh, but there was an expectation because of my intimacy, because of my closeness, because of how you love me and how I love you. I expect to get an answer. Oh, I, I expect to get an answer. I expect to get an answer. Following Jesus said in 26, Jesus answered he it is to whom I shall give a sop, a morsel of bread. When I have dipped it, and when he had dipped this up, he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. He told him, the sign is going to be when I, when I dip this morsel of bread, and immediately after I dip it, the one that I give it to, immediately after I dip it, that shall be the one that is going to betray me. The Bible lets us know that he gave it to Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon. This is an after the sop, key point in scripture, right? And after the sop, what does the Bible say? Satan entered into him. Um, not, not, not just any old demon, not the spirit of anger, not the spirit of poverty like y'all like to say, the spirit of depression. No, Satan, the leader of the kingdom of darkness, entered into him. Now, watch this. It, 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 it lets us know that Satan entered into him, then said Jesus unto him, that the thou doest do quickly. Now, this is the thing. Is he talking to Judas or is he talking to Satan? He's talking to Satan. Satan understood what, what, what must be fulfilled according to Scripture. Neither one of the disciples knew who would betray him. And so we'll see clearly that he was talking to Satan, right? So even when you go back up into scripture and Jesus said, okay, you're going to try to, uh, uh, or, or, or in the first part of the scripture, one of you are going to lift up your heel against me to strike me. Now here we got Satan trying to pull the okie doke. Because scripture said, you know, the one that is coming, remember when, when, when the father handed out the curse against the, the, the serpent that, 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 that the enemy used, the serpent? He said, the one that is coming, his heel, his heel shall bruise your head. Now, here we got Christ, uh, Christ in, in this situation with the disciples. And while he's uh, speaking about things that are forthcoming, Satan enters into Judas. And he begins to try to pull the okie doke. You know uh, what Christ did to him. I'm going to strike you with my heel. 
right? But the manner in which that I'm going to strike you with my heel, I'm going to use somebody that's close to you. I'm going to use somebody that you are in relationship with. Oh, uh, I'm going to trip you up with the one that's close to you. I'm going to enter in him, the one you've looked at, the one you've taught, the one you've explained things to. He honors you. He respects you. He calls you his Lord. Uh, he calls you his rabbi. He calls you his master. You have provided for him. You have fed him. Matter of fact, you even let him know how special he gets to hold all of the money. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm about to trip you up or attempt to trip you up with one that, uh, that's close to you, one that you love, one that, that you know and they know you. Say that again. One that you know and they know you, right? Now, I, 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 I'm, I'm parking right there for a minute, right? Because when, when you think about this, this word, no, when you think about this word, no, Right. Here are some definitions for the word no from the Hebraic perspective all the way to the Greek perspective. Right. No can simply be defined as to know, to learn, to perceive, uh, to be acquainted with, uh, to understand. Or we understand the word no also gives us that understanding of intercourse, sexual relation. You understand? That's the Hebrew perspective of no. When you go to the word no in the Greek, it means to learn, to know, to, to get knowledge, to become thoroughly acquainted with, right? Thoroughly, the Greek is saying to become thoroughly acquainted with. To know accurately, to understand and this is one of the words that I like when you talk about to know, to cherish. For us, we understand the word cherish. Uh, it's speaking about this love component, right? To cherish, right? And, and, and have one of the, the last definitions for the word no is have regard for one. Have regard for one or regard for another. So I'm going to try to use one that you know and one that knows you to trip you up. So, so keep this point in mind, Satan entered possession is what I'm talking about. He possessed the body of Judas Iscariot, right? And if you know, maybe some of you don't know about the money possession, we'll have to be, I can talk about it because I, God delivered me. As a believer, as a Christian, God, I needed to be delivered from demonic possession. What happens is when you understand what a demon is, we understand it's a fallen angel, right? Uh, 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 it, it has a celestial body. It doesn't have the terrestrial body that we have, right? Uh, theologians have debated about, you know, they're able to enter in because their celestial bodies were broken during the time of the flood. I can't find the scripture. I don't know. I just understand that they don't have a body in the manner that we have a body, right? They have different types of bodies, right? Celestial, we have terrestrial bodies, right? So, so understand, this demonic force, this demonic spirit, this demon, even Satan, they possess everything you possess, right? They have the ability to speak, right? Remember when, when, when Jesus was going to co confront the man in, in, in the gatherings, right? The, the, the one that had a legion and how it says they spoke out or he, but it was talking about the legion, the many in, in unison spoke out on one accord. And they ask him, let us go to the swine. So they have the ability to speak. They have the ability to think. And they have a will. They can carry out a will. They can, they can do things, actively do things, right? All the things that you can do. 
So what happens in demonic possession, right? Sometimes these demonic forces are lying dormant, right? And a lot of times when they come to the forefront, what is happening, they're pushing the human personality to the side. And now you see their demonic personality take or come to the forefront, right? I've seen, I've dealt with at times where a woman who has a much lighter voice than you admit, uh, who's a man, right? But when a demonic force has come forward and brought its personality to the forefront and spoke through her, we understand she has a light sounding voice, but the tone of her voice had shifted and became a deeper tone of voice, right? Uh, there's no way she could have made her voice become that deep. What was happening, the demonic force brought its personality to the forefront. It was carrying out its will at that time. It was thinking, it has emotions and feelings and all of these different things, right? So this is what you got to understand because people will tell you, well, that just happened in Jesus's day. No, it's a bold-faced lie. What a deception to make you think that demons are still not possessing people. No, demons are still here in the earth realm trying to accomplish uh, 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 sending, dragging people down to hell, possessing them. It's still taking place. This lets you know folk don't understand scripture. Right. So we see Satan, not just not 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 those underneath him, Satan, the leader of the kingdom of darkness, took it upon himself to enter to go possess the body of Judas. And Jesus is saying, do what you're going to do or do it quickly. Now, at this point, Jesus has the power. You know what I mean? Because because he hasn't got to the cross yet, right? Once he gets to the cross, this is what the scripture is talking about. He's going to bruise the head of a serpent, right? He hasn't got there yet, but he still has the power to stop Satan from what he's doing. But yet he chooses not to because he tells you scripture must be fulfilled. Uh, I'm going to let you into it. Oh my God! Look at the, look at Jesus Christ, the love of the of, of the will of His Father that He has, the love of the Word of His Father that He understands. I can intervene, I can stop it if I want to, but because I love my Father, I love His Word, I love His will. I'ma let happen what's taking place. I'ma let Him enter the body of Judas and take control, because the Scripture saying this has to happen. Right. I park right here for a minute because I want you to understand something. Right. It says now, key point, verse 28, he tells us what now no man at the table knew for what intent he spake this unto him. Remember, Jesus spoke and said that the thou do that the thou do is do quickly. No man at the table, including Judas himself, understood why Jesus spoke that. Satan understood. Jesus was talking to Satan. The, the man Judas had no clue of what was happening. He had no clue. Uh, neither the 12, not one of the 12 understood why he would make this comment. That did thou do is do quick. This doesn't even make sense to us. But Jesus understood. This is over your head because I'm, I'm talking to the one that has come to carry out an intent, to carry out a purpose. I am in discourse with Satan right now. That that you do, go ahead and do it quickly. He has the power to stop it, but refuses to intervene or stop it because the scripture must be fulfilled. Look at this. And we're in such confusion about that small coming. That that I'll do is do quickly. He tells us in 29, for some of them thought because Judas had the bag that Jesus had said unto him, by those things that we have need of against the feast or that he should give something to the poor. 
They're thinking, okay, when Jesus makes this comment, although he's looking in the direction of Judas, as if to be talking to Judas, they got an understanding what Jesus is saying. What you going to do? Go do quickly. Okay, because you got the money, go go buy the things that we need. Or we got to prepare for this last supper and go get up out of here because he's telling he got to go get up on this car. Go, go get the stuff that we're going to need for our transition when he's up out of here. Left, left confused because, listen, in that moment, and see, I've been there. It has happened to me. I've saw with apostle. There are times where I can be in full-blown conversation with people, and God is talking to me at the same time while they're talking to me, right? Uh, people be trying to tell you stuff like what they're saying is the truth. They have all the facial expressions to make you believe that what they're saying is the truth. And, and the things that is coming out of their mouth, uh, while they're speaking, releasing lies out their mouth, God is in my ear saying, that's a lie. That's not the truth. You understand what I'm saying? So, so I'm having discourse with God while having conversation with you all at the same time, right? And then you could be in full-fledged conversation with somebody and the enemy can talk to you. Yeah, the enemy can talk to you. Right? And this is what's taking place. Uh, while Jesus is having a conversation amongst the disciples, he's also having a conversation with the enemy, Satan. That that you're going to do, go ahead and do it quickly. Where well, it left them totally confused and they came to, the, to this understanding. Okay, he's got to be talking to Judas because he's, okay, Judas got the money. Okay, Judas, he's, he's saying, Judas got to go get the stuff that we need. Or, or, or give the money to the poor. Hmm. He then, having received the sob, went immediately out, and it was night. Still under the possession. He, having received the sob, went immediately out, and it was night. If Judas was aware, if he was aware, if Satan was not in control, I believe Judas would have, I believe Judas would not. Because Christ told him the sign, this is going to be the sign. And he said, listen. Before Satan, right? He's, he's letting us understand this is going to be the sign who I give the sop to. I believe if Satan had not entered and possessed Satan the draw, I believe Judas would have tried, attempted not to betray him. He's been with the man three and a half years, y'all. You, you can't spend that time with somebody, know them intimately. And I'm talking about see him walking, carrying out ministry, healing folk, raising folk, all of these different things, loving on people, giving to the poor, casting out devils and all these things. You can't be that close, have the type of affection that he had for him and then just want to just trade. No, what I'm saying, betrayal. Anytime betrayal happens in your life, this is one of the key components that the enemy uses. Somewhere, the person that has betrayed you has been influenced by the enemy, whether the enemy actually entered in and has possessed them or whether the enemy influenced them by the things that he kept speaking to them or showing them or, or, or trying to deceive them with or trying to confuse them about. Betrayal is of the enemy. Says he didn't have him receive the sign. Went immediately out, and it was night. Under the cover of darkness, the enemy is not moving. Right? And it says, therefore, when he was gone out, Jesus said, "Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him." Okay. Now is the Son of Man glorified. The glory of God. Is being made known. The glory of God is being revealed. 
through the Son of Man, as God himself has been glorified, because the scriptures have been fulfilled. The scriptures are being fulfilled in this moment. He says, if God be glorified in him, God shall also glorify him in himself and shall straightway glorify him. If God be glorified in him, the one that is being used by God, the one that is, is bringing us a subject to God, that is submitted to God, submitted to the word of God, God shall also glorify him in himself. And shall straightway glorify him. The glory of God is being revealed as we come subject to what God is saying. So God is being glorified as we come subject as his glory is being revealed. And God allows a glory to therefore rest upon us because we decided to come subject and obey that that God is speaking, right? He this is little children, yet a little while I am with you, ye shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you. Little children, get a little while. Am I with you? You shall seek me. And as I said unto the Jews, but I go, you cannot come. So now I say to you, I need you to understand that. Little children, in the midst of what's taking place, children, when you think when things are spoken uh, uh, beyond their mental capacity to understand something, they, they're left in a state of confusion. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to do. As if a leader is not present. So, so understand. We see in, in the dialogue that was taking place, they, they are left confused. They come to their own conclusion that Jesus was talking to Jews and, and because he got the bag of money, he got to go. No, little children. Uh, yet a little while am I with you. Come on, gather yourself together because I don't have much time left. I don't have much time left. Focus. Yeah, because you know children. Anytime they get the opportunity, think about in class, anytime you got a new opportunity to, to talk, there was a little bit of confusion and chaos. Uh, for children, we understood that as a, it's our time to talk. Oh, I better get to talking to my friend. You, you understand? This is what's happening right now. So I can imagine they're talking to Muslim says Everybody, the little, little children, pay attention is what he's trying to get. I, I'm, I'm trying to get your attention. I'm trying to get you to understand something. In other words, like I tell my I'm trying to learn you something. Pay attention to me because I'm trying to learn you something. Oh, I, I like the fact I tell God, educate the food out of me, God. Whew, come on, Jesus. Uh, and, and right now, you're talking foolish, right? Even though you heard what you heard, you were a part of the conversation. You were privy to what I spoke to Judas. Even though I was speaking to Satan, listen, you got a bad understanding. You got a misconception about what it is that I spoke. Your perception is, oh, what you perceive to be is not so. So little children, pay attention. I'm trying to learn you something. You only have a little bit more time in my class remaining before you're dismissed. Oh, you got to understand. And I'm trying to give you homework uh, because I'm about to be gone. I'm about to be gone. I'm about to be gone. And the access that you were privy to, you will no longer have that access. 
boxes where I was just immediately with you at, and able to just answer questions all the time. And, and, and you could just reach out and touch me. No, things are about to change. Things are about to change. I will always be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. But the access, the closest that you want had, needs dwelling in a physical body that is not going to be there. Pay attention. You only have a little bit of time left for me. Mm. And isn't that like some of us? Uh, we act like little children when we can't get our way. We act like little children when we're told something to do that we don't like to do. We act like little children when we don't understand what was spoken to me or what was spoken appears to be over me. It appears that it was spoken to me, but it went over my head. We act like little children when we don't understand something. We just venture off wanting to do our own thing and, and, and feel like, okay, it's okay to do what I'm doing because I didn't understand. The devil is a lie. He got you deceived. Listen, we tell you to trust Christ or to trust God is to trust him. Even when I don't understand, even when the, 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 the instruction doesn't make sense to me, I'm still supposed to trust him. Because in our last time in Syria, where we told you it's through faith, we understand. Understanding comes through your ability to have faith or trust in God. So stop acting like a little child. Because he said, listen, you only got a little more time with me. He said, because you're going to look for me. He said, like I've been telling all the other Jews, you're going to look for me. He said, but where, where I'm going, you can't come. So I'm trying to give you the understanding that they've already got. Their time with me is already up. Even though I'm still here in the earth realm, their time with me is already up. But because you have closeness, intimacy with me, oh, you get to be with me up until the last moment. Oh, you got to understand. Oh, this boy John can talk about this, right? Because look, 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 look at it. Not only was he the disciple that Jesus loved, not only was he the one that laid his head in the chest of Jesus Christ, but at the cross when he was getting ready to be crucified, Jesus told this John, you listen, I'm entrusting my mother until you take care of my mother. When I'm gone, you take care of Mary. Oh, that comes from the intimacy, the closeness. I know you. You know me. You know what my expectations are. Therefore, I can trust my mother in your hand. Oh, so you got to understand. I don't trust my mom and my dad in everybody's hands. Oh, no, I don't. No, I don't. Because the expectation that I have for them, uh, what uh, the desire that I have for them, everybody may not feel the same way. Everybody might not look at them the way I look at them. Everybody might not respect or honor them the way that I honor them. And if you don't, don't let me said we're gonna have a problem because I still fight about my mom and daddy. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Right now at 44, you got to understand you can't say nothing crazy to me about my mom and daddy. I still a fight. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. Quick fasting in her. I still will fight you about my mom and daddy. I, listen, God love the truth. Listen, if you think that's a problem, then pray for me. That's all I'm telling you. Pray for me. Pray for me. Yes, I will. Slap the taste out of somebody mouth sense about my mom and daddy. You got to understand. Fast, quick, and in a hurry. Yes, I will. Oh, but thanks be unto God. Thanks be unto God. Uh, I'm trying to be like the Lord. He, he's a man of war. God strikes. The Bible talks about he smites. He's smitten. So I said, I'm trying to let the nature of God be on display in me. Say something about my mama. I'm about to be like God. I'm about to smite you. Yes, I am. That's a little joke. No, it's not a joke. I'm not even about to lie. Mm -hmm. So he said, little children, little children, yet a little while I am with you, you shall seek me. And I said unto the Jews, whether I go, you cannot come. So now I say unto you, a new commandment I give unto you, 
that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. A new commandment. He sent a new commandment that I give to you, right? And when you talk about this word commandment, in the Greek it's talking about, I'm giving you a new charge. Um, remember the word statue, when we talk about statue in the Hebrew context, it's defined as, as, as something that is prescribed. Right. He, listen, he's bringing the same concepts open to the new covenant. Listen, because the commandment he said now is defined in the Greek, not just a charge, but it's also described as something that is prescribed, a prescribed rule in, in accordance with which a thing is done. You know what? If you're struggling with depression, I'm prescribing you love. <laughs> I'll take that to the pharmacy and tell them to give you a dose of love. Tell them to give you 30 pills of love. All you need for your sickness, your ailment, your issue, it is love. Oh, you just need somebody to love you, right? And the truth of the matter is because you don't know how to love properly, neither do you know how to receive love properly. Because guess what? When I had, when I, listen, let me, let me break it down to you like this right here, right? Love for me, my definition, my understanding of what love was before I got saved and delivered real good and before I had a good understanding of what love meant in the Bible, God's way. My definition of what love was, it meant to me was, listen, if you love me, you're going to let me do what I want to do. How crazy is that? I have a better understanding now that I have my own children, right? And the truth of the matter is, correction is a demonstration of love. To correct you is the show, it's proof that I love you, right? The Bible talks about if you felt the correct or discipline, you, listen, you're a fool or you make your children become fool. Now, that's not what I'm trying to do. Because most of us do not understand truly what love is. We misinterpret it. Even when somebody is correcting us, the correction is for your own good. Even though having to correct you actually hurts me, I don't think, oh, let's go ahead and wipe that misconception out the way. You think we like having to correct you. It does not feel good when we have to correct you. No, the Bible talks about to be rebuked. It's a grievous thing, but afterwards it yields for the peaceable fruits of righteousness. It's not just that's grievous to you who's receiving the rebuke. It's also grievous to us who got to give the rebuke. We don't always want to correct you. It doesn't feel good to know that this thing is hurting you or causing you pain, but it's for your good. I got to do it because it's for your good. Yeah, this is the proof in my demonstration that I love you because it's for your good. I can't go make the decision for you, but when you make the wrong decision, it is my responsibility as your leader, as your parent to correct you so that you can make the right decision when this thing comes back around. It doesn't hurt to listen to folk. But most of you act like it hurts you to listen and receive what we're saying. Listen, it hurts us to have to give you that type of correction. But that's love. When you understand that, and you embrace that, then you can open up and receive correction because you now understand correction is love. I just said, my children, when I was spanked, go whoop their butt. Listen, I'm whooping your butt first because I need you to know I love you. I'm whooping your butt because you did X, Y, and Z. And you knew you should not have did X, Y, and Z. But I, I listen, I don't want to have to, but I have to walk. I got to uh, because I want you to know that I love you. And then, too, I don't want to get in trouble with God. You understand? It is my responsibility 
So he said, a new commandment I give you, a new charge, a new prescription. I'm prescribing this. So, so for your issue, your ailment, right? your dis-ease, the thing that's causing you discomfort, the thing that diseases you, your disease, all you need is a dose of love, a dose of love, which you keep running from. You don't want to be close to folk. You don't want to have intimacy with folk because why? To be this close, right, that, that means people are going to begin to see things about me, know things about me that I did not want them to know. I can talk a good game from afar. I can talk a good game over the phone. I can talk a good game through text message. But when you are around me on a daily basis, spending quality time with me, oh, things that I wanted to keep hitting they find this way just coming out it finds itself making an appearance when i and you trying to just ah, gather that stuff back in oh no let it all hang out and be real go ahead and be you the 100 real you just let it all hang out and if we love you we're not going to be afraid of your issues if if we love you i'm not going to be afraid of your sin i'm correct you but about people never love because a multitude of sin In other words, there was enough love that, that, that beyond all the things that you considered yourself to have done or, or, or things that you have actually have done, it's still enough love to cover you. You're not so, 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 so bad or, or so, so just, just messed up that there was not enough love to cover you or reach you. It's enough love. You, you just got to come to the place where you get to uh, 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 understand how to receive the love. Listen, I, I, I know, I know if you're like me and you were not that easily trusting of people, in other words, you deal with a spirit of suspicion. I've been long since delivered, though. Now you got to understand if you deal with a spirit of suspicion, right? You're, 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 you're suspect when people come around. Everybody is a suspect. The reason why they come around is, is, is suspect. Why are you calling me? It's, it's, it's suspect. Why you want me to hang out with you? It's, it's, it's suspect. Is it? Or is it just you you suspicious because of your lack of trust that comes from a place of pain or hurt, bitterness, unforgiveness that you have not been healed of? So now you think anytime somebody reaches out to you, what do they want from me? What are they trying to do? <laughs> we ain't trying to do nothing but love on you, spend time with you, encourage you, strengthen you, build you up. That's all. So if you're like me, you think somebody wants something from you. And if you're being honest, if you're being honest, what do you really have to give them? Oh, because see, see, it, it, listen, most of y'all, you're not in your circle. You don't have millionaires in your circle. So I don't want your money. Oh. I don't want your money. Don't want your booty. I got my wife. Yeah, I said it. I got my wife. And you can't love me like my booth ain't love me. That's why I'm still here. Oh, whoa, let me jump on that one. That's why I'm still here. Hey, thank you, Holy Spirit. Oh, 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 oh. That's why I'm still here. You can't love me like she loves me. So that's not why I want to come to. It's, it's my responsibility as a believer to be intimate with you. Intimate meaning be close to you, to know you. This love component, right? This love component. 
So we talked about this knowing from the Hebraic and from the Greek, right? Now, now we got to talk about this love, right? This love from the Hebrew, right? Here are some definitions for the word love from the Hebraic and Greek perspective, right? From the Hebrew, it talks about man toward mankind, man having love toward mankind or, or, or love between man and a woman. Of the sexual desire, right? So, so love and no, there you go again. You find that same understand the sexual desire to cling to or join to, right? It talks about desire or to delight in human love for one another, love for your family, friends, right? Human love for God, God's love for man. That's the Hebrew context, right? When you talk about love, now when we go into the Greek, it talks about love for persons to be fond of. To be welcoming, to be welcoming and, and, and think about it. You can find every reason why you don't want to welcome folk to be close to you. Welcome them in your life. Listen, you're only unwelcoming because you're speaking from, moving and operating from out of a place of hurt and pain. That place where you have not allowed God to heal you. That place where you have not dealt with. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Love also means to entertain. Oh, to entertain, to entertain, to entertain, to entertain. I ain't got to take their phone. Taking their phone call is entertaining them. Responding to their text is entertaining them. Inviting them to come over or you accepting their invitation. That is entertaining you. Going out to eat, that is entertaining you. Why? That is a definition of love. Got to deal with them. All kind of levels of relationship and things that people say. What? Not denoting that there are levels of relationship. But on each level, there is a level of intimacy in these same levels that you're talking about. Each level has a level of intimacy. Mm, love also means to love dear, to love dearly. Oh, my Jesus Christ. To be a friend. Love means to be a, to, my God. It, it, as a believer, every, every, everybody, not my friend, some people just a sword. Then I might have to question your love component, your love factor, because he said love is defined as to be a friend. Minister Marcus said something one time that was so simple, but it was so profound. He said, listen, I'm friendly but I don't know how to be a good friend. Oh, my God, my God. And some of you, Minister Marcus, there are a lot of us who fall into the same concept, the same category, friendly, but don't know how to be a friend. It speaks to your love. That's all I'm saying. When you don't know how to be a friend, but you are friendly, it is speaking to the love factor on the inside of you. Lord, have mercy. Okay. Love means to approve of. Hmm. I, 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 listen, because I love the word of God, I approve this message. <laughs> yes, I do. I approve God's message of love. Listen, it means to approve of. Then love is defined as to treat affectionately. <laughs> to treat affectionately. Do you think uh, uh, letting their phone call go to voicemail or you sending them directly to voicemail, is that treating somebody affectionately? Ignoring that text message, is that, is that blocking them? Is that, is, that, is, that, is that treating them affectionately? Again, I'm going to go back to a point, circle back to a point. I understand there's a difference between forgiveness and trust. But even while somebody's re-earning your trust, if you are a Christian, a follower of Christ, a love of God, the nature and the character of God still must be on display. 
Are you treating people with affection? Then love talks about brotherly love. Do you love them like that's your brother and that's your sister? I know, I know y'all got different, different moments, but you got the same father. We got the same father and we got the same big brother and we got the same Holy Spirit, but you don't love me like a brother. You don't love me like, you understand? You don't love folk that like that's your sister. Hence, hence the terminology while you hear us saying, hey, sister such and such in church, that's not just church link. No, we're, we're responding to you, respecting you, treating you as a sister or as a brother. This is my love for you. But then it says having goodwill towards them. Or love is also defined as love feast. Love feast, food. Sitting down, breaking bread with people is a demonstration of love. And, and you're not going to trick me and act, and act like I don't know that you love to eat. Since you love to eat, go ahead and invite them in what you love to do so that you can love on you. And we understand food brings you comfort. So go ahead and get comfortable in the thing that you love to do, which is eat. Love to eat. There you do. Love to eat. I don't care if you're eating black, black bean burgers or you're eating a, 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 a sirloin piece of steak. You love to eat. Is all I'm trying to say. And eating brings you comfort. And the thing that you love, listen, he's saying a demonstration of love is to break bread with people. Breaking bread already brings you to a place of comfort and you love to do it. Go ahead and get comfortable doing what you love to do and just invite people in or accept that invitation. That's all we're trying to say to you. That's all we're trying to say to you. He said, that's a new choice that I give you. He's talking about this love. That you love one another as I have loved you. Your, your love should look any different than how Christ's love looked towards you. Oh, my God. Out of all the fathers that you do, when you say, God, forgive me, guess what he does? He forgives you. He forgives you. He pardons your sin. He still got his arms extended. He's still saying, you're the apple of my eye. And listen, he's not with that whole, listen, you got to re-earn my trust. Enough. No, he's saying, just come close because I know who you are. I know when you're serious and when you're just saying this, uh, uh, you know, like we talked about that last Sunday, you're trying to flatter me with your speech, uh, trying to deceive me. I know when you're being honest and when you lie, but even when you're still a liar, I'm going to still say, come on closer. I'm going to still say, you're still the apple of my eye. When I know you're going to lie to me, when I know you're going to disappoint me, but I'm going to still be present. Uh, God cannot be present even if he tried because he's the I'm not present God. He's going to always still be there. Why is it that you keep being absent? Oh, little children, come on. Roll call. Listen, listen, listen. Ivan, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Prophetess Portia, where are you? Where are you? Prophetess Natar, where are you? Minister Marcus, where are you? Where are you? Where are you? We're taking wrong. You should be present like he is because you're supposed to love like he loved you. No, because I know some of y'all are of the mindset. Well, maybe he loved, maybe God loved Apostle more than he loved me. Or maybe God loved Renisha more than he loved me. Because I keep seeing him just doing things, blessing. He keep on blessing it. He keep on blessing it. Or maybe he, no. He, listen, he, he, he said that she loved one another as I have loved you. Speaking to them generally, but individually at the same time. Oh, yeah. Speaking to them collectively, but individually at the same time. 
how I love you. That, that's how you're supposed to love one another. Mm-hmm. Are you loving your neighbor, your, your, your son, your daughter? When I say neighbor, I'm talking about your son, your daughter, your husband, your wife, uh, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, your auntie, your cousin, your uncle Bobo, your auntie Susu, whoever. Listen, the stranger, are you loving them like I love you? Lord have mercy. Stop falling in love. We're saying standing in love because even when you talk about the word stand from the Hebrew, because it's talking about to rise up. Uh, pay attention to how you're loving for. You're supposed to be taking, paying attention when you're standing. Come on, rise up. Pay attention to how your love is. Pay attention to what your love looks like. Pay attention to who you're loving on and who you are withholding love from. Pay attention, but rise up and stand in love. Stop falling. In, in other words, stop failing at love. Stop failing at the knee tells us what. The way you love one another, meaning you're, you're loving one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. They're going to know that you're my student. Uh, the disciple is a, is a learner, a student uh, that is being taught in certain discipline, right? And what we understand, the, 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 the information or the, or the course or the, 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 the chosen study or, or, or information that Christ wanted to teach about was love. They are students or disciples of love, discipline mm, in the study of love. Right. So 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 I must become disciplined in this discipline of, of uh, or the study of love. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, so he's saying, by this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. You have got to be disciplined in this discipline within the Bible. This 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 study of, of a dynamic of Christology, when you talk about love, you've got to be disciplined in this discipline. In order to love, you've got to be disciplined, is what I'm trying to say. Because uh, folk are going to do things, uh, and if you're like me at times, uh, what we say, you shouldn't take that personal. I don't know no other way to take it but personal because I'm a person, so I take it personal sometimes. Excuse me, but I take it personal sometimes. Not all the time, but sometimes, and momentarily, then God would deal with me, and I'm, God, you're right. So the truth of the matter is, like, God would check me, I'm checking you. Folk are going to do things, but because you're disciplined in love, mm, you have the right response. See, most of us, before we respond, we react. Thank you, Minister Alex. Minister Alex, help me one good time. He was talking about, he's like, I'm a reactionary person. I react to what's said or done to me. I was like, boy, you speaking my language. Oh, you're speaking my language. I, I'm a reactionary person too. I ain't going to leave you out there by yourself, Minister Alex, but I got a better understanding. God is no, it's not always meant for you to react. I want you to respond to me. Respond to, if you respond to God, then you can react the proper way. If you're disciplined in love, it doesn't matter what they do. I'll have the right response because I responded to God. And because I, by having the right response, I can now carry out the right reaction. Oh, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. By this shall all, all men know that you are my disciples if you have love 
one to another. If you love one another like I have loved you, everybody's going to know that you are my student, my, a pupil of mine. You have been disciplined. You have been trained in, 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 in love. In the study of love. So I said, all I have to say to you, stop falling in love, but stand in love. Man, 